I got a good friend, Ruslan KD. Ruslan. But he's, I think, developed a system that people could implement if you're looking to build an influence. Yeah. I never set out to be a Christian influencer. Right. Like I set out to share my thoughts and ideas and help people, whatever was happening in culture, because that's what we would start with, and in going into the Bible. I didn't really see anyone doing that within a Christian space. What is going to solve a lot of our issues is more small business owners that can use their wealth to be the hands and feet of Jesus and care for the least of these. I would love to see the church help their congregation make more money yep. using biblical principles. It's crazy who I'm having to go to to learn things I wish the church taught me. We're having to go to secular business conference to mm -hmm. learn these biblical principles mm -hmm. that people are stealing. It's crazy. To then apply to our business. As long as you're dialed and you're locked in mm -hmm. and change the way people think about a thing, that's like one of the deepest levels of influence. Welcome to the department where we interview people who are killing it in their department. And I got a good friend and somebody just absolutely doing amazing things. Ruslan KD. Ruslan. <laughs> I'll send you the drops. So yeah. You can, you can so we can throw it in. Dude, uh, love. This is cool. I'm glad that we were able to make this happen. And if you don't know who Ruslan is, he is a uh, YouTuber, content creator, and essentially has created a media company. And uh, this ability to create content at such an incredible uh, pace and level. And what I love about what he's doing is honestly, uh, not only taking away a lot of the excuses a lot of creators, and we could go there, Christian creators uh, would have, but he's, I think, developed a system that people could implement if you're looking to build an influence. And I think we're in a time where people need to. But if you want to, if you want to know some numbers, let's let's go there. I think you're a little over what 500 collectively subscribers. Yeah. So main channel is my Ruslan KD channel, 370,000, something like that. Probably more by the time this comes out. Ho hopefully more by the time this comes out. <laughs> yeah. uh, second channel is Bless God Studios. That's at uh, almost 200,000. It's like 197, 198 yeah. as of the record time of this recording. We have a third channel called Mastermind My Business, which is more just kind of like kingdom, kingdom entrepreneurial talk. I just uh, sat down with Ryan Panita, that kind of lane. So that's the smallest channel. It's about 8,000 subs right now. And then we're going to start a fourth fitness channel, some sort of like mastermind my fitness. That's going to be the so next. So cool. And you're seeing these opportunities to start a thing because you, and I've said this before, but you're really good at systems and finding uh, and fighting for the system. And then once you find it, you're like, all right, yeah. multiply. Yeah. Yeah, man. And kudos to you because you helped us tweak our system without even knowing it. Let's we go. did the bit for Think Media. Yep. And you did this really great intro that was like 15, 20 seconds long and it had B-roll and text and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, dude, we're going to do every video on the main channel with a good punchy intro, 15, 20 seconds long, B-roll, the whole bit. And then, then sliding right into the pod. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, you know what I found is if you can start a video asking questions for about 20, 30 seconds, mm -hmm. especially YouTube, mm -hmm. people don't even have the time to process whether they want to click off or not because they're right. too busy answering the question in their head. Oh, that's genius. So if you get good at like, what if I told you that X, Y, Z, right. like, you know, whatever, and it's like, oh. Yeah. And so if you were to implement this, right. you'd see this. Yep. And people are like, whoa. And yep. then it's like, I'm bought in. Yeah, yeah. And so we're always tinkering with yeah. the system. We're always looking at other people and like, oh man, well, how does that work? How do other streamers do it? What is the value add at the end of the day? How can we make it more punchy? How can we get to the point faster? How can we add value? And so we're always tinkering the system, but what we built initially was on leveraging live, leveraging the video switcher, multiple camera angles, and leveraging 
just interesting conversations that yeah. people care about putting people ahead of like whatever my thing is in terms of what are you interested in yeah. and then how could i add my level of expertise into what you're already thinking about so talking good about. And I want to go there about how do you know what people care about? But I do want to ask, how many collective views would you say up to this point have you guys accumulated? Oh, man. Uh, we got the little vidIQ 50 million thing. 50 million. So More than that, though, at this point. Across all that. channels, probably, I would say, closer to 75 million. Closer to 75 something million. Something like that. that yeah. I, mean, I, I, don't, I honestly don't viewer, look at that number, but yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just... There's something to say there. There's something's working, and I think people uh, could totally uh, learn from this conversation. But I want to ask, go back. How do you know what people care about? And I see you as like a you're like a journalist. Yeah, uh, you I, know, yeah. I keep up. Like I keep up. I keep up with what's going on. I try to have my pulse on Zeitgeist and what's happening. And from a practical standpoint, I'm also keeping up with Google Trends, what's trending for the day. I'm looking at what's trending on Twitter for the day. So there's like a tactical aspect, but I think ultimately just knowing what what is happening and what what are the pain points and what are people struggling with, but then also on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, what's the story and can I add anything or any value or any perspective or anything interesting to whatever's the story? That's really cool. And so how much time do you, would you say you spend on research? A couple hours a day. Yeah. Just checking the, the trends, checking what what's on the the news channels whether that's mainstream news whether that's christian news whether that's independent news like breaking points probably a couple hours a day i'm just kind of keeping up fire so you know you were rapping Mm -hmm. and you still do Mm -hmm. check out his i gotta show you some of the new stuff all right let's go get out of here um and uh and yet you feel like maybe you were supposed to get in front of a camera Mm -hmm. like how, how can you talk through that I just discovered that I had a lot to say Mm -hmm. and that rapping and music is a great medium, but isn't always the best medium. And there's certain things that, you know, you just can't make a song fast enough or can't package it well enough in a song Mm -hmm. about a current event or something that's happening in culture or a movie review, right? Some of these things don't flow the same way in music. And so I got into podcasting first and then kind of vlogging and then talking head videos and then back into podcasting and then live streaming. And now it's, it's kind of a combination of all the two. We don't really do vlogging as much yet, but that's something that I think when I have interesting days, it'd be fun to show that side too. Yeah. 100. You should have had a guy on your hip today. (laughs) (laughs) Today. See the tricky part is I, what I find interesting and what probably is interesting is different, you know, like my days to me seem boring, you know, but I'm sure like, oh, what's it like behind the scenes at Ryan Panitas and then going to Omar's and being in Vegas? Like, that's probably interesting. But I think that's an issue that I also got to, like, disconnect with and say, okay, I need to just, like you said, have somebody with me that can document. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and like, so, you know, you you get recognized. You're, like, in Christendom, you're the guy. Yeah, like I guess. You go to a Christian conference, you're taking photos with people. Yes. Uh, I get recognized now about maybe once a day if I'm out in public. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think... You know, I don't want to hammer on like the idea that people come up to you and want a selfie, but like, what are they usually saying when they come up to you? It's usually like, man, I watch your channel. I love what you said about this. It's usually very specific, or I like what you did about this, or man, I love that you make my faith relevant in in the context of what's happening right now. It's usually so something a combination yeah. of that. No, yeah. it, and the reason I want to go there is because, you know, I think number one, 
regardless of whether you like it or not, people, especially the, the coming generations, they're spending so much time online. Mm-hmm. And there is a void of, you know, very strong Christian influencers. And by influencers, I mean like changing the way people think about things sure. and like shifting what their outlook. And that, that's why I feel like you tapped into something really cool because you're shaping the way you know, essentially believers should see culture with your, you know, with your opinions and with your observations. Um, why, why do you feel like Christians aren't really stepping into this stuff? Or we can even go like, why do they suck at it? <laughs> I think there's an influence from fundamentalism that makes us retreat mm-hmm. from media, art, news, culture. And I think so many of us don't understand the streams of what we believe in, how we even got here. And so there's a huge spectrum of a difference between like neo-evangelicals who would be the Billy Graham types and the Greg Laurie types, right? Versus like the hardcore fundamentalist, which is like the Jerry Falwell types and the Bob Jones types. And when these things influence you and shape your shit, your thinking and it usually plays out in the Christian's life where they take non-essentials and make them essentials, meaning mm. that if you don't believe that you got to speak in tongues to be saved, you're out or you're a junior varsity Christian. That's that's the type of fundamentalist thinking. It's not the typical Jerry Jones or Bob, excuse me, uh, Bob Jones or Jerry Falwell theological camp, but it's it's their way of thinking, right? Or if you don't believe in young earth creationism, you're not really a Christian or you're not really saved, right? So you're taking things that are secondary things or even conviction things like I don't drink alcohol but I would never be like if you don't if you if you drink alcohol right. you're, you're a JV Christian or you you got the Bible wrong right <laughs> and so when these things get elevated to primary issues then people will see everything in binary and not binary from scripture because there are some things that are binary in scripture but binary from their camps worldview right. and their their little tribes way of doing things. And that is what keeps people off of social media and keeps people away from engaging. That's crazy. So like, I would say we can just say religion is keeping people from stepping out. Religion in the sense of man trying to earn his way to God. Yes. Religion, true religion, according to James, is to care for the widow and the yeah. orphan. It's, 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 it's proper worship, worship God in spirit and in truth. But yeah, religion in the sense of you are trying to earn your way to God by doing good things. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself the question, Omar, how the heck does your videos look and sound so dang crispy? It's literally the number one question I get asked, whether it's privately in the DMs or people commenting on my videos on Instagram or even on YouTube. The reality is I believe the quality of videos that I've been able to produce has been the recipe to my success online. And I wanna give you access to my live document where I've listed out everything I use, both for the podcasts I create, to the YouTube videos I make, as well as to what I use for my smartphone to make it look and sound amazing. The reason I put it on a live doc is because I keep this document updated in real time with everything that I'm using. So just head over to thevideodepth.co forward slash crispy, or just click the link down in the show notes. Let's get back to the conversation. Man, and so we got the, you know, and there's some aspect to why that's a beautiful thing. We have different expressions of church on a Sunday. You could find a church that fits you line by line, topical, felt need, preaching, what have you. Mm-hmm. But you you would say the more uh, evangelical slash, you know, the non-denominational are the ones that are more open to, would you say, 
to that stuff? Or? Yeah, I, th- I think so. But you'd be shocked now, man, where there's a lot of Catholics that are in the mix. I mean, Catholics have been running a lot of art, you know, for yeah. thousands of years. There's Eastern Orthodox and there's uh, Oriental Orthodox. Like I grew up Oriental Orthodox in the Armenian Apostolic Church. So there's more of these other pockets that are less scary than fundamental. It's really just the fundamentalists are just so weird about yeah. culture, you know? And again, they don't know that they're fundamentalists. And by fundamentalists, what I don't mean, again, to be clear, I don't mean that there aren't fundamentals of the truth. I don't mean that we don't take the Bible as the authority. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking people that take secondary issues and, and yeah. just really they're go They're not really moving the needle yeah. on a kingdom standpoint. Right, right. So if somebody came up to you and was like, yo, Ruslan, I really look up to you, man. Mm-hmm. Like what you're being, what you're doing, what you're accomplishing, I want to get in front and share my opinions or, you know, I have this in my heart. Where would you tell uh, young Ruslan or young Rus Lee? <laughs> I would ask why. Like, why do you want to do that? Mm. Uh, I was listening to my friend's podcast. Uh, his has a great channel called Raider Apologetics. And he had Dr. James White on. And he said, people come up to him and they'll ask him to be like apologist. They want to be apo- into apologetics. And he's like, don't. He's like, it's a very hard journey because how many apologetics ministries can you name that have been around mm. for 50 years? Dang. Right? Not That's a great. lot, yeah. right? And so the YouTube space is interesting because you're kind of doing multiple disciplines and you got you got to know your apologetics, you got to know your theology, you got to know Bible, and you got to be tapped in with culture. And that's a lot of like... If you're looking to create high quality content for your business or brand, I want to encourage you to check out my signature course called Start Your Studio. This is where I help entrepreneurs and content creators dial in their signature setup by showing you what gear to buy based on your budget, how to set it up, and then ultimately how to use it. I've designed this programs from the frustrations that come from people on my videos that get millions of views where I get thousands of comments. And so this is something I found out that you don't need the best gear, you need the right gear. So whether you're showing up weekly on a Zoom call or you're looking to start creating high quality videos to increase the leads into your business, I would encourage you to check out startyourstudio.com. I'll post a link to it in the description of this episode. Yeah. Things you need to be doing at at least a surface level. Yeah. Right. Because it's not uncommon for you to be engaging in a conversation. And then before you know it, you're in a stream with Muslim dudes and they actually know their stuff and you don't. And yeah. you you know what I mean? Like these things happen. And so it's like, I would say, why, why, why is it? If you just want to be famous, mm. like, go do something else. Like Please. go get, go become excellent at something else. And then you'll become famous for something at least. That's don't really do it good. just because it's like, I'm a Christian and I secretly want to be famous, but like, I just want to put Jesus and stamp it on. Yeah. I never set out to be a Christian influencer. Right. I just. You're an influencer who just so happens to be Christian. Not even that. Like, I think that's even a a funny, like, like I set out to share my thoughts and ideas and help people. And it just so happened that the things I was most proficient in was leading a Bible study with young men every Monday talking about whatever was happening in culture, because that's what we would start with, and in going into the Bible. Mm. And when I look back at my life, I spent more time doing that than I did anything else. And so I was more proficient at that than anything else. And I spent, I read the Bible cover to cover, all these different things. So it just clicked, but it's on the back of doing it for 20 years mm. before I ever really made a video about it as an authority of any type, right? right? And I think a lot of folks now, you can get popping on an influencer if you're good looking, if you're charismatic and all these things. And that's not always a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And like in the business space, I was talking to Ryan Panita about this earlier. If you haven't done anything in business, 
and you try to be a business influencer, people will sniff you out right away. Right. In the Christian space, especially on Christian TikTok, mm. they're a bit more naive to that. They just is like, oh, this this guy looks good. He sounds good. Like we're, we're our, our discernment is low on some of these things. And so I would just ask why. And then I would say, go and walk with Jesus and go do some other things and then come back. Or or if, if you're not going to listen to me, I would say at least just share your testimony. Mm. I don't care what you think about tongues. I don't care what you think about creationism. I don't care what you think about any of these uh, secondary doctrines. Just share your testimony. Main things are the plain things. The plain things are the main things. Share that. Share testimony. Document your journey. And keep it super simple. And don't don't come off like an expert. Yeah. And that's, I think that is the caution that, you know, you click on anything on YouTube that is commentary around what's going out, going on. And it, it is, it's, and that's the, the powerful thing about showing up on videos. You could be positioned as an expert, right. you know, especially if you are hitting something quick and you uh, talk about it, you know, in a, in, in a very um, passionate way. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think that could be a very uh, huge thing that people miss. I, I actually like, I mean, the question I usually like to ask is like, why, why be, why go for it? Like, like the covert way, mm-hmm. you know, or go the covert way, not the overt way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are seeing my life or even what we're doing at Think Media. And they're like, it's so it's so awesome to see. It's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I think it is like a very biblical model mm-hmm. to, you know, Jesus. Anytime somebody came to them, they said, hey, I have this need. He, he fixed the need. Yes. He wasn't like you're saved. Right. And then and then, they, no, it was like, let me let me help you with what you know you want. Yep. But I know what you really need. Yes. And that is such a great open door. And yeah. so, yeah, the big question, why you want to do something, it might even be like, it shouldn't even be like uh, overtly Christian. Right. It should be, what are you good at? Right. How can you help people? Right. And I would, I, I love it, dude. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, I can, you know, people that don't even know God mm-hmm. are finding me to be a blessing yes. and helping them along a, a path. And, you know, we, we do what we can when those conversations come up, but. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I think you're totally right. And. I am ecstatic with the folks that I'm close with in the Christian YouTube space, the Alan Pars, the John McCrae's, the Mike Wingers, these guys that have been doing it, leading ministries, have degrees way smarter than I am. And I think I, I would like to see more folks like that, you know? And so the folks I'm excited about is not the 18, 19 year old kid. Cause I, to your point, like go do something cool, yeah, right. like go build something, go do something, go build some skills, go help some people, go serve some people. I'm more excited of the pastor who's, 35, 40, 45, and is and is catching a second or third win in life mm-hmm. and is and is unpack and is learning and is like, oh, there's something, there's something here. Like I I just did an interview with Preston Sprinkles. I don't know if you know who he is. He's an author, he's a pastor. Um, just the, he's gonna speak with a different grace and a different authority on things than like the 21-year-old kid right. that's on fire for Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with being 21 and on fire for Jesus. Be on fire for Jesus, but make sure that you can sustain life is long. You know, think about things in decades and not in months and years. Great. So good wisdom. Uh, so this journey has led you down the entrepreneurial path. Yeah. And by, not by choice, by force. Yeah. Right. Because create, I mean, especially like a creative entrepreneur, that's like, man, you know, like you, you start saying like, oh, wow, like I'm kind of, I'm building something. I need help. Um, I want to kind of go through that. I think a lot of, there's a lot of people who, are building a thing and it could be creative, but it could be, you know, a service-based business or what have you, they're alone. But like, I'd like to talk through that journey. Like, how did you realize like, oh snap, this is, this is a business. 
Well, it started with music mm-hmm. because I was the only guy that was sort of business savvy in music. And it started a long time ago where I remember my buddy brought me a book about music. It was called The Indie Bible. And it was all about being an independent musician. And there were some good articles in there. And then it was just like, I don't know, contacts to radio stations or something. This is a long, this is a long time ago. Right. And that was the first time I started thinking about things in terms of not just purely art. Because I'd been doing music for about eight years at that point. But I started thinking about things differently. And I, and I got married and all these other things. And then I started trying to piece it together. So I started there. And there was just no one around that like had an inkling of what a business plan was or mm-hmm. even how to make money as an independent artist. So like once I solved for that and became a full-time artist in 2015, quit my job, we were grossing. I think 2016, we grossed like $250,000 as an independent. Dude, that's amazing. Little, little boutique label. Yeah. And that was like, okay, cool. And so I, it just kind of kept compounding on top of that. And with music, it's very difficult. It's, it's oversaturated. It's competitive. But there's replay value there. Yeah. And there's depth there because people will listen to their favorite song thousands of times. True. They'll watch their favorite YouTube video once, twice. They'll read their favorite book maybe, what, five times. They'll watch their favorite movie a couple of times. They'll listen to their favorite podcast. If it's a really good podcast, you might go back to it two or three times. But a song... That's a great observation. For it real. Is, that's with you, right? Yeah. So then when the artist comes out with merchandise or the artist goes on tour, there's, there's more depth there built. And so then I, saw, I started thinking about this. So we started doing our own tours and we started selling on merchandise and we started doing these other things. And with YouTube, it's different in that like there's a top, it's a great top of funnel. TikTok's a great top of funnel, but you have to have something at the bottom of the funnel. You got to have something there to sell people, whether it's something as simple as merchandise or a live event or something, a book, right? I'm writing a book now. So I think business once I demystified it and I stopped saying it as a bad word, I saw business as a bad word for a long time. Mm. And I started saying, well, wait a minute. And I started meeting business people and I'm like, these people aren't greedy. These people aren't mean. They're not. They're actually the most generous people I know. They're the Facts. most kind people I right. know, right? My mind shifted and I'm like, okay, well, let me learn as much as I can mm. about it. And it's been helpful. I've read, I've read, you know, a good amount of books about it and all the different components of marketing versus advertising and sales and funnels and all of these different things. And it's, I think, what is going to solve a lot of our issues is more small business owners. I agree. That can one create economic opportunities for people who maybe don't fit in the corporate structure, and two can use their wealth to be the hands and feet of Jesus and care for the least of these. Like, I think that's how a lot of our issues are going to get solved. I don't think it's going to be the government. I don't think it's going to be something like that. I think it's going to be us as kingdom entrepreneurs working hand in hand with the church to help create economic opportunity and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So so now I hold it in very high esteem, as you can tell. Yeah, no, man. And I feel like similarly, you know, I've been essentially on my own since 2016. Like Mm -hmm. I left a a job in in full-time ministry and it, it it's weird. It's like a never-ending journey. Obviously, you're always learning. You're always learning like, oh, this is the skill I'm lacking right now. Mm-hmm. I need to invest in this skill. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm like learning the skill of sales. Mm-hmm. That like sales is serving. Yep. You know, there is a proverb that says, you know, um, he who holds back grain will be cursed, but the one who sells it will be blessed in the end. Come on. And it's like, yo, we have grain. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my experience has ruined my church experience has ruined my ability to 
do business more properly. Mm. And I say that by because I'm an I'm an over deliverer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just freely give, and it's good because it's out of a good place. Mm-hmm. But it's not serving people. It's actually robbing people mm. from experiencing that thing. Have you read the business secrets from the Bible uh, by Rabbi? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 But like the concept is uh, the concept is essentially you know there's this ecosystem, and that's why Jewish people are very successful, mm-hmm. and it's because they. Uh, understand that they are a part of this ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And when you start doing something that you weren't supposed to do, you're robbing somebody else from, you know, them being able to serve you in that way who do it at a high, does it at a high level. And that's why you'll never see a Jewish person like um, mowing their lawn or Mm. like fixing their car. Mm. It's because they're like, no, like there's people that are people that that God made to do that. That's good. But man, I mean, it's fun though. And if there's anything I learned being like very connected now to my church and I'm like, um, kind of like helping with on like, you know, I'm a community pastor, but Jabin lets me in on a lot of things. I'm like, dude, the church is built on the backs of entrepreneurs oh, yeah. because they can, they've built that. I mean, they, they've exceeded the speed money exchange. Like they've broken that, that like, it doesn't have, it doesn't have an equate to time. Right. So if the church needs to move fast, who's going to step up? Right. I mean, it's going to be those that have the gift of giving. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I mean, dude, I love it. Like, I mean, it's really cool. And then, you know, you've, you're making hires. Like, how has that been now? Like you're, you're making hires and leading, you're leading people in a business standpoint, professional standpoint. Yeah. To your point, that's a, that's a new skill set, right? Like I have to now come in the room and ask how everyone's day going. I have to come in and like be in tune with where they are and plan daily walks go outside, get fresh air, right? Like all, like those are the, the things that I'm learning that I, I'm, I'm to a degree leading in shepherding my mm, team. So good. And that requires a different skill set because I just want to make the stuff I want to make it. <laughs> yeah. You don't even do the business. And it's like, no, 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 no. God's entrusting me with these people. I got to, I got to do right by them. You know, I got to make sure they're okay. I got to make sure that I'm flexible as a, as, as, as their leader. And it's been cool. And I'm, learning a lot in that regard because that's that's different that's different than just making the product selling the product or you know marketing the product like yeah. there's a whole other aspect to it which is like how does your team feel to work here it's a cool place to work yeah you know no, dude, i loved it dude the vibe the and uh, the energy i think like culture isn't what you say it is i, I always say like culture is what is yeah like, I know that a lot of people are like, no, this is the culture, but like, hey, that's not happening. The mm-hmm. culture is essentially subculture. Yep. It's what's the result of what is. Yep. And I, I love the collaboration, the um, like how much you value what they have to say. Like yep. you guys are making some T-shirts and some mugs and stuff. Yep. And uh, just even in that in that moment, it shows a lot that, you know, especially in creatives, like we get very uh, personal. It's yep. personal when you like check yep. whatever we're doing. Yep. And uh, no, I think you're, you're walking in it really well. Thank you. Um, I, I do want to kind of talk through what you have learned um, doing YouTube the way you've been doing it. And so just kind of breaking down how Ruslan does YouTube. Mm-hmm. He essentially goes live for a long period of time. And it's very, it's, you could think of it like live stream slash podcast. Mm-hmm. You're sharing your screen, you know, reading articles, playing videos, and you're reacting to things. And it's just very, done, it's done in real time. Mm-hmm. And you'll do that what, almost every day for a couple hours, or is that a couple times a week? Monday through Thursday, usually I'd say no less than an hour and a half, no more than three hours. Great. Usually about that hour and a half, two hour mark. Yes. And so you're at like a, about two hours, and 
this is what we like to call the mothership strategy, mm -hmm. where you create a very long piece of content mm -hmm. with the intent of then creating sub smaller pieces of content. Absolutely, and yeah. so can you break down a, a kind of like how you even stumbled upon uh, going that route as far as your video and content format? I stumbled across it because everything shut down. I couldn't do shows. I couldn't go interview anyone. That's up to that point. My money was coming from music and the little bit of success I had on YouTube, which was like 15,000 subscribers. I was maybe making a couple hundred bucks a month was me, me sitting down like this interviewing people in person. I couldn't do that. So I started pulling up videos, reacting live on YouTube and just streaming live. And the reason why I would go live is because, because I'm a creative, I would overthink everything, mm. the thumbnail, the edit. And then before I know it, the video is not coming out or it's taking forever. Or I just don't want to make any more videos because this was so draining. So I said, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to go live, write an OBS, go live to YouTube. And I have my little, my drop, my little boo 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 Ruslan. And I said, okay, I'm going to use this to separate each topic. And then I'm going to, instead of dropping anything into Final Cut or Premiere, taking stuff off of memory cards, putting it into a computer, taking the file out, putting it into the, all that. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. I'm strictly going inside of the YouTube editor and I'm clipping every single video into its own topic. So good. And, and then I could kind of even take out some of the filter stuff or stuff that I didn't want. And then I made the thumbnails right inside of OBS. So I would literally just pull up a graphic of whatever I was talking about and have my face and right click and screen grab right inside of OBS. And which was like, that was like crazy. I was like, what I could, you know, be, this is nuts. Now you could do them in Canva and Canva yeah. has templates and it's nuts. Um, and so it, I knew that I just needed the reps. And so I just volume initially, just a lot of volume about whatever I found interesting. And I would just try to tie it into one Bible verse. Here's what's happening. Here's one Bible verse. This is what I think about it. Eight minute videos because YouTube can put at least two ads in an eight minute video. Um, and dude, I just flooded YouTube. And then I so had good. some interviews that were uh, interesting and controversial. We clipped those up really quick. And so I just went the quantity route initially. And that got me to, I don't know, 100,000 subs, you know, and then right around 100,000, we started tinkering with intros and pre-edited intros and that kind of thing. We've kind of went back and forth on that. And, but yeah, that initial 100,000 was a lot. Talk about things that people care about and and just frequency yeah no i love that like i think alex hermosi says the goal is volume it's it's quantity until you reach a level of quality mm -hmm. but when you can do quality and quantity yes but it takes quantity to get there what if i told you that you can use my studio here in las vegas to record your video podcast the answer to that question is yes the video department is the cleanest and crispiest video podcast studio in las vegas hands down and you'll get access to my team my equipment and all those things so all you have to do is literally schedule the conversation come in and get it captured does that sound good then check out the videodepth.co slash studio i'll be sure to post a link to it down in the show notes but either way don't miss this opportunity on starting a video podcast this year. Yes. And I love that you leaned into live because live just has a different energy. Mm -hmm. This is why I think people, you know, watch very long YouTube videos is mm -hmm. because it's not polished and you're getting like a human being. And I, I, I just think it's a strategy that a lot of business owners, creators uh, should do because the there's, there's a lot of a implied tasks to creating videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, if you make a video, no, you're not just making a video. Mm -hmm. You're planning the video, 
you're getting your camera set up, yep. making sure the audio is good, the SD card thing, drop the thing, edit, titles, render, then you thumbnail, description, yeah. title. Like there is just so much. It's like 20, 20 little steps. So many, yeah. you know, and and because you think the way I think is just a really healthy way of thinking is how can we eliminate these things, create a system around it, and then do it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's allowed you to literally do the most important thing, which is what? Get videos out there, upload videos. Right. Yeah, it, it, it was... Similar to what Joe Rogan was doing at the time, he was he was on YouTube. This is before the Spotify deals. So I saw that, and I think he was live streaming. I don't think they were using a YouTube editor, but I think the pods were just going live on YouTube, mm. and then they would clip it up. Right, and they weren't necessarily doing like reaction stuff though. Sometimes they would pull up stuff, and it would be you know it'd be on the screen. But like I saw that, and I saw a need for because what I found myself doing is like when something would happen, I would go. Oh, I wonder what Joe Rogan thinks about this. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember George Floyd happened. And I was like, I wonder what Joe Rogan thinks about this. And I didn't really see anyone doing that within a Christian space. Right. And so that's kind of I was like, okay, well, let me try it. And then it just kind of compounded. And and then like leaning back into having guests on, and we might even do like person multiple personalities and other things too. So that's super tight. What would you say is like your, what are you most excited about now as far as like your flow of content creation? I'm just, I just designed a prayer journal. Mm-hmm. So I'm most excited about products. I'm most it. excited about products because we've done incredible months on YouTube, like, like disgusting numbers on YouTube. What's a disgusting number? Oh man, I don't know if I want to say it. Uh, a good no. I think our best month with AdSense was north of fifty k. That's amazing. Just AdSense. Let's go. Which is like a might be more than I got to go back, no, but dude, it was a couple roughly fifty k. Both channels were doing between twenty five and thirty k. That's fire. And so we had a couple months like that, and then we're like, dude, our our whole business model is on AdSense. This is horrifying. Yeah, you know, like this is this is not good. So we're like, we we got to think about products. We got we have the content media machine, but we don't have any products. We don't have anything. So I started thinking about like what was something that I solved for myself that was actually really helpful, and it was keeping a prayer journal. But I can never find a prayer journal that was cool. Mm. No, dude, I love it. <laughs> so I love moleskins. Are you into moleskins? Oh, dude, I, I re up every time, bro. So I got, I got, I always been into moleskins. I can never find a prayer journal like that. Mm-hmm. So I, we put together this super dope moleskin prayer journal and we're about to get, not, not official moleskin, but like it feels like a moleskin. We're about to get three samples in. Oh, wow. And so I'm like, dude, if, if I can get people to just pray and document their prayers and then look back six months from now or three months from now and see God answering your prayers, so um, like that's a, one, it could get people praying. Yes. And it doesn't have to be exclusively around having to have the right theology or be in the right church. Like everybody wants to pray more. Yeah. Right. And then three, it could you could see the hand of God in your life because you can look back and it could build the faith aspect. So I'm actually really excited so about tight. launching so that. Prayer journal. It, would there be scriptures in each day or something? Or nope. is it just, just uh blank? it's just uh it's like five categories. I'll show it to you. Dude, um that's and cool. then there's like just a section of also just like free write notes. Yeah. You know? And so Doing that, we have a similar thing that's like a devotional thing, or we might do a 2.0 with like a daily uh, devotional thing, something like that. Um, and then, yeah, and then I'm writing a book 
we have this is like our one of our new pieces from the priest provider protector line, just encouraging young men to think about their future family and to become the priest provider protector. So I would say the most the thing I'm most excited about is products that actually really solve cool. um, a problem. Yeah, writing a book to actually solve a problem and figuring out and learning and experimenting through the sales aspect of it. That's great. That's the part that's you know. You could have a big audience and you can have good products, but you still got to bridge that gap. Right. And, that's, and, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Dude, that's so cool. And I mean, I think on a business standpoint, because like obviously there's a huge eternal ROI on helping people's prayer life and morning uh, devotion or whatever that would look like. But it is like, I mean, I, I mean, I, this is where my brain goes, but like you're, you, people are going to be thinking about Ruslan. Mm. You know, like it's just a good th- way to keep people connected. And as long as you're dialed and you're locked in, mm-hmm. it's like, God, just if you can entrust me with them, I will steward them, you know, and them buying something that's going to be so, you know, uh, you know, transformative to their walk with the Lord and you being just kind of in the back of the mind. That is, that is influence at a whole nother level. Yeah. That is, um, you know, they say like the low level, the, the lowest level of influence or one of the lowest levels is behavior modification like just changing people's behavior Mm -hmm. i feel like think media videos i do that i mean i encourage you know people feel uh compelled to make videos or buy this camera Mm -hmm. but when you can shift beliefs Mm, that's good and and change the way people think about a thing um that's like the deepest one of the deepest levels of influence Mm -hmm. and so that's good that's fire um when when would those drop Man, we're, we're trying to get the samples ASAP. Yeah. Uh, the company that we, we found like one company in London, and so uh, you know, yeah. overseas shipping. I'm we're trying to get. Them. I mean, you know, as an that's crazy. When they you dropped, want it yesterday? No, yeah. When they dropped, though, it's gonna be like, bro, this has been a year long process. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I want it yesterday. So yeah, yeah, we're we're excited about it. And they sent us some samples of like other stuff they've done, and it, and they're nuts. Like the quality of it that's is so cool. really really good. And so yeah, man. So pretty, hopefully within the next month, yeah. That's dope. So products, um, have you have you tapped into like affiliate? Like a little bit. I did the fitness transformation with Coach JT. That was super dope. And I just had him on and seeing people bring him on as a coach and then I get an affiliate for that. Yep. And that's been dope. Like yeah. that's been really cool. And this, and that's honestly one of the reasons why I want to start a fitness channel. One, because I'm into fitness. Two, because it'll keep me accountable, yeah. right? Atomic Habits talk us about your identity. So if I'm making a video every day or every other day talking about fitness, like I'm going to be accountable to stay right. on my A game. And then three, I don't I don't want to build a online fitness training business, but I believe in Coach JT because yep. he showed me results. He showed my buddy Alan Parr results. He showed some of your results. And it's like if the whole thing just goes to his funnel, Dude, and he's yeah. doing this amazing tw- uh, 12-week transformative process for people. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know? No, that's fire. Like, I was Russell Brunson, author of, like, Expert Secrets. Mm-hmm. He was saying how, uh, you know, there's no such thing as creating traffic. It's about getting in front of traffic or getting traffic to come to you. Traffic's already happening. That's good. You, know, you, don't, you don't create an audience. Oh, wow. No, you, you get an audience. Yep. And the way he's, like, the last 10 years – He's been cognizant of where his links are going. Mm-hmm. And he's like, anytime I do an interview or anytime somebody has me on their thing or they're on my thing, mm-hmm. he's like, I'll always just have a link. And sometimes the link is even when people leave me. Mm-hmm. When people leave me, mm-hmm. hey, can I put your affiliate link when people leave me and I can send them your thing, which mm-hmm. they might, it might be better for them. Mm-hmm. And like, usually a competitor wouldn't do that. Like, mm-hmm. um, but he's like, when people leave ClickFunnels, mm-hmm. 
they get invited to go on like masterclass.com. Oh, wow. And he's going to get a residual forever for somebody leaving. That's brilliant. <laughs> if they jump into thing. But he's, he's like, I've done that for 10 years. Uh -huh. And these links, uh, you know, equate to about 1,500 leads a day. Wow. And that's just on autopilot. But just that's thinking crazy. that way, like I think a lot of people think they have to create their own thing. Right. But no, if there's something that you believe in yep. that worked for you, yep. it it is standard that there would be a commission or an affiliate if you were to help sell that thing. Yeah. And on a digital standpoint, the the, the standard digital usually is around 50 or 40%, which mm -hmm. is pretty sweet because, yep. um, and, and people are glad to do it. You're getting people into their world, which right. is super... Super smart, that fitness channel. What's your, uh, so you've, you've been on this uh, fitness journey this year. What made you get serious? Well, I got, so what happened was I got serious in 2018, 2019, just because I took a photo with my shirt off and I was like, <laughs> dude. Sucks. It's different when you see a photo. You see stuff in a mirror, but when you see a photo, you go, oh man. So a couple of reasons. One, I, I wanted just to feel more competent. As a man, physically, like physically, if anything were to go down, I wanted to feel more competent. And then two, I wanted my son to grow up and see me mm. as a superhero and like like look the part. That's so good. And uh, three, I I've just always been into like I need something outside of the business side to like sculpt and do and a hobby. And I'm not the hobby guy <laughs> like that, you know. And so I, it it was that. And so yeah, that that would say those are you know those are some of the reasons. And just honoring God with my body, I want to yeah. be here a long time. And all of it just kind of came together. So it happened the first time, 2018, 2019, 2020, the pandemic happened. I re-injured my knee again. Well, 2019, I injured my knee, so that was kind of like a well, like hooping. Yeah, and and then I re-injured it again, and then the pandemic happened, and everything shut down. And California was weird, man. They kept they shut everything down really hard. Then they opened gyms for like a month or two. And then they shut everything back down for like three, four months. Mm. And so uh, so I kind of fell off there. I kept I kept training, but I definitely fell off the, like being as, as tight with the nutrition. And so when Alan went through his – Alan Parr went through his transformation, he did it. Does he say, Brother Ruslan? Yeah. Put, bro, yeah. yeah. Every time yeah, he yeah, always yeah. Oh, yeah. Brother Omar. Yeah. And he <laughs> got the weight off. And kept it off for a year. So by the time he hit me, wow. it was like, oh, I did this last Christmas. Dang. Do you want to do it now? He did it last. No, so he did it Thanksgiving to Christmas, like in the middle of all that. And so he hit me up right before Christmas of 2022. And I was like, yeah, like I would love to do it. You know, he's like, Coach JT is solid. You know, there's an affiliate in it. If you go through it, you could potentially make some money. And I was like, dude, that's, that's like the best of both worlds, right. you know? And so, bro, I started the week before Christmas. And and my wife, I mean, my wife cooks for Christmas, bro. We have yeah. a big Christmas. And so, she, you know, you got mac and cheese, you got all the soul food, you got, and then Christmas Eve, we have this tradition of doing um, pizza and we watch Home Alone. That's like our thing. I don't really eat pizza. And so like, I didn't eat any pizza Christmas Eve. I didn't eat anything. And I'm like, if I can make it through the holidays, then I could do this thing. And sure enough, you know, make it through the holidays. Week two, I'm, I'm, the sugar's out of my system. I feel great. And then I'm like, and then the rest of it was kind of downhill. Like those first like two or three weeks are hard, but then you just, this is what I'm doing. I yeah. eat chicken and broccoli and uh, chicken and broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> For dessert. And leafy greens, Yeah, you know? Um, so do you have a cheat day? Yes. And then what's the meal when you cheat? Dude, so here's the thing. When you when I did it, the first couple of cheats I had were not good. Mm. Like I had a California burrito and I felt awful. I had some donuts, felt awful. So 
So then the it messes with you. It's, you're like, yeah. I don't want to feel this way. Why would I even? Yeah. yeah. So cheat days are one day a week. I'll have some dessert or I'll mm-hmm. have something like that. I try to avoid sugar altogether yeah. because I'm, I'm, I have serious fat boy tendencies. And so if I fall off the wagon, it will be sugar and then like everything. So I just avoid sugar. So now my, my cheat day now would be, and next time you're in town, I'll, I'll take you to the spot. There's a place called Fraser Farms in Vista and they have this keto cheesecake. And so it'll be like a keto cheesecake, which tastes amazing, or it'll be um, a keto ice cream. They don't have sugar, well, but they taste great, uh, and that'll, that'll be a cheat. And so I still try to kind of stay away from yeah, sugar. They're probably or crushing. if like my, I go to my dad's house, my stepmom makes like amazing cakes. I'll have I'll have a regular cake. I have sugar, but I try to be careful with sugar. So, dude, I see that you know the the full package you know like i mean i don't say that a pause you know but like you care about leadership you care about your health you care about your business you care about your family you care about your church mm-hmm. um what yeah i mean that's not normal you know like yeah it, it's not normal but i think it should be right because who's the like if we're talking about really reaching people far from god and i think there's a lot to, to serving christians but I think the, even the lines of content consumption are so blurred. And so like if I'm trying to stir men into everything you just described, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, I want you guys to be in churches. I want you guys to become competent, amazing husbands and fathers. I want you to be generous. I want you to crush your finances. But they're struggling. Some of my audience, Andrew Tate, Fresh and Fit, or Alan Parr, Ruslan, mm-hmm. right? I ha- I think I need to have some of those the other things like I need to look presentable, right? right? Um, and and to to play uh, into some of the things that they want that aren't necessarily bad. A man wanting to be in shape is not bad. A man wanting to make good money is not bad. But the church struggles with these things, you yeah. know. And so like I love what Ryan Panita is doing. Like yeah, Ryan Panita so has cool. a good amount of he's willing to flex for the gram, and I think that's that's good. You know, like I think I think I think young men need that. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with having nice things. I think Christians struggle with like, like I just had a friend of mine who, you know, he he bought a Tesla X, but he's like afraid to, not a Tesla X, he bought a Tesla S. He's like afraid to like tell people. Yeah. You know, because he doesn't want people thinking he's too rich, yeah. you know? And I'm just kind of like, man, I think I'm going to, when I get my Tesla X or my, my truck, like I think I'm going to put it on the gram, bro. Yeah. Not as like a flex, but as like inspirational purposes, yeah. you know? And and I think it's it could be delicate because you don't want to come off like you're trying to flaunt your wealth. Right. But if it's used as a tool to capture the imaginations, I mean, rather Christians than Andrew Tate, right? Like rather... Uh, rather us than fresh and fit, yeah. you know? And so that that's kind of how I'm-, I'm Dude, I love it. I mean, yeah. I And honestly, it's funny because it's like, I, I do, we say like, generally speaking, the church is not helping with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, and it makes sense why, but, you know, in my journey, it's like, it's, it's crazy who I'm having to go to to learn things I wish the church taught me. Yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. right? Like, like churches having seminars on like, if you're a business owner, come, we're going to show you how to, make more money online yeah we're gonna have this person come in and they're gonna this one click is gonna blow up your business right. like we're, we're having to go to secular business conference to mm-hmm. learn these big local principles mm-hmm. that people are stealing it's crazy to then apply to our business and it's just it's 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 still wide open like yeah. it's white space yeah. and i i would love to see the church help their congregation make more money yep. using biblical principles yep 
And and I think that's what that's about. And I, I just want to add a caveat to the last thing I said. There's a difference between flaunting wealth and throwing it in people's face and like just being who you are, mm-hmm. right? Like if you have a Rolex because you genuinely see the value in a Rolex and it's a it's not a depreciating asset, I don't think a Christian who has a Rolex or has a nice car or makes good money should have to suppress that. Like yeah. that's weird if you yeah. really think about it. Like we're going to not talk about... You know, like no, dude. And what's you know? funny is a lot of this is just an observation. Like Lambos, yeah. like Jets, and I'm not saying I'm any any of these, but yeah. like watches. I bought a nice watch. Yep. Uh, these things they hold their value, and they they almost like they're like savings accounts, mm-hmm. or they go up in value. Mm-hmm. So I have friends that do have Lamborghinis, mm-hmm. and they said the the dealer will buy it back for more than I bought it for. Mm. So we criticize and we say it's poor stewardship mm-hmm. when like when the pastor builds their custom home mansion, mm-hmm. which they did it by their book sales, mm-hmm. you know, it was like their imagination, their creativity. Mm-hmm. They build a house from the ground up. Mm-hmm. That's like 40% of the house home value. Mm-hmm. So when it gets appraised, it's going to be a lot worth more than what you bought it for. That's a mm-hmm. good steward. Yeah, that's good. But we like, we, we, yeah, we demonize good stewardship. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. That's a good point. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I'm nowhere near Lambos. Just so no. people don't. Yeah. No, I mean, neither, me neither. But uh, <laughs> no, but like even, even church, you know, like, church uh people building because our church is in a process of building a church and yeah. i'm thinking about like dude how awesome like my pastors are from berlin new mexico population like 1500 and then they come to las vegas and in five years we bought land with the church and now we're building a building in las vegas That's and it's going to be beautiful yeah and i just think about you know obviously the cost the cost of it is like around 15 17 million mm-hmm. But because I'm like been in business and I'm, you know, I got friends like Ryan Pineda, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, dude, this thing's going to be worth like 25. Mm-hmm. What a cool, what a great thing to do. Yeah. You know, God's not making more dirt and, uh, and, you know, multiplying your finances is, is a good steward. And if we don't, so if we buy the thing and it actually diminishes in value, technically speaking, if that's all you do, it's, uh, a wicked and lazy servant, mm, you know, that's good. But dude, I appreciate you. Um, you're selling products. Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, Ruslan KD on all platforms. Um, what does KD mean? King's Dream. That's the King's Dream Entertainment. Encouraging people to live God's dream That's for their cool. life. Not 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 telling God about your dream, but okay. trying to figure out what is God's dream. And God's dream is going to be about God's ways. And so that's what the King's Dream stands for. Yeah, uh, if they want to check out some of the live events, we're doing our first live podcast August 26th in Oceanside. Um, and then we're going to try to do one in a couple of different cities. So yeah, probably so do cool. something in Vegas. They can go to ruslanlive.com for like the live events and then blessgod.shop for all of our apparel and our merchandise. And just for the people, what's your last name? Kara Oglanov. One more time. Kara Oglanov. Dude, let's go. Ruslan KD, <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. Peace.